Hey, everybody, it's Andrea. Before we start today's show, I have a super quick announcement to share with all of you. Beginning in April, I'm going to be launching a series of college to career live weekend boot camps to help graduating seniors as well as juniors who are confused about what jobs or careers they might want to pursue when they graduate. So imagine going from confused to confident with at least three different career options you'd be psyched to explore by the end of day one of the boot camp. And then learning the tools, tactics, and the strategies to find those jobs by the end of day two. The boot camp is live and it's led by me over Zoom. And you can learn more about it at College to Career Academy. That's college, the number two, career dot academy. Or you can just look me up on LinkedIn and check out the featured section of my LinkedIn page. I can't imagine a better graduation gift for the college students in your life. Thanks so much for listening, and I know you're going to enjoy my next incredible guest. Hi there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Paul Schlater. What about a specialty coffee? We hear that term thrown around. Yeah. What is a specialty coffee? What makes a particular coffee? I was about to call it a bean, and it's not a bean. It's a the coffee fruit. Yeah. Well, a fruit and then the seed inside the fruit, right? Right. So yeah, you know, you you are correct, and as as I'm sure you're aware, so there are there are Q graders, which are the like equivalent coffee equivalent to a sommelier, right? And a Q grader will be able to establish a coffee that is a specialty grade or a non-specialty grade. And a specialty grade starts at a score of 80. Everything 80 and above, specialty grade coffee. So if we're getting into like the minutia of this, that is technically the what would make a specialty store is, is a store that is purchasing that level of coffee, right? Coffees that are a much higher caliber than what you would say you'd find in, in most grocery store aisles. And I'm so glad you brought up the grocery store aisle because I admit it, I used to drink the kind of coffee that you used a can opener <laughs> to break the totally. seal, you know, and you just put whatever, eight scoops of it in, pour water, and you drink this black stuff. What is the difference between that and what you roast at your roastery? at Birch Coffees, I think your facility is yep. like 1,400 square feet or something like that. I think yeah. you're... Yep. So it's a, it's, a, it's a big space. and 4,000 square feet. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so going back to the grade, 
So most of the coffee that's in the tin can. So you have, you have two different genius of coffee, right? So you have Arabica and Robusta. So Robusta is a inexpensive, requires much less maintenance as far as the trees are, are concerned. And that is grown at lower elevations. It re- again, it requires much less fuss and produces a lot of coffee. Arabicas are the opposite. They require a great deal of attention. They are have to be grown at higher elevation and they grow a smaller yield. So you have these kind of two competing varietals. A lot of the coffee that can be used for, for those cans will be a, either a blend of Arabica and Robusta or very heavy Robusta, which is again, a much lower quality of coffee. And the coffees that are, you know, absolutely specialty and are going to be Arabica, I mean, period. So those would be your main difference there. And then a step further is we're going to get into, you know, a very fine point of grading within that specialty range. We tend to purchase coffees that fall within and starting at like an an 84, which doesn't sound like a giant leap from between an 80 and an 84. But in terms of price and in terms of quality, it very much is. Got it. So Paul, could you walk us through the process of roasting coffee? So you get the green mm-hmm. beans yep. that have been processed different ways. Yep. And then what do you do? So roasting is... At its core is, you can think of roasting as like a cooking process. So you have three stages within roasting. The the first stage is going to be drying. And during that drying phase, you're breaking down the coffee, you're removing the moisture that's still within the, the bean, as you said, the green coffee that it starts. And you begin to, to pull all of that out break it down, and then you start to see it heating. The, the coffee will, will heat up and change change a color. And once it changes color, we're going to be entering the, the next phase, which is like the yellowing or the, the mired phase, the sugar browning phase, right? And so at that point, we are beginning the, we'll say the beginning of, of a cooking stage of, of the coffee. And then that goes for another, uh, depending on, on your roaster, that mired phase can last anywhere from three to, to four minutes. And then during that period of time, you're going to start building up a lot of energy. Think of popping popcorn. You're building up energy, building up energy, building up energy. Then that energy has nowhere else to go and it explodes. And then we enter the, the crack and, and development. So once we get into the first crack, that is when any roaster essentially will be putting their signature on the coffee itself. And it's the last stage before you stop roasting the coffee. And again, it just depends on the type of roaster that you're using. But your, your finishing time is going to be anywhere from 9 to 13 minutes, roughly. Yeah, thank you for that. I have been inside a roaster. I haven't had the pleasure of visiting your roastery, but I was at one gosh, it's about a year ago, I was up in the Berkshires in Western Massachusetts. And I went to the Barrington Coffee Roastery. 
and I took a cupping class and I was actually the only student. (laughs) So I had the two roasters who gave me a private class. And I just remember seeing the roasting machine and that little clear window glass that you could look through and it did look like popcorn and it happened so quickly and in the meantime there's that big arm that's kind of moving the coffee around yeah yeah it was super cool and then of course i got to try the coffee after it had been roasted and it was just off the charts you mentioned being a q grader and i did Mm -hmm. listen to another interview you gave. And I was really blown away by the fact that the just the exam itself to get a certification to be a Q grader is like six days long. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it depends on depends on the course that you take. But yes, I mean, that's that is what it is. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously there's a reason behind it, right? And so the, the main reason behind it is that there's there's a lot of sensory work and the level of sensory work that you did, were you to do that all in a day? It, I mean, no one passes because your taste buds are blown out and you have no capacity to to evaluate anything after you do your salt, sweet, bitter. It's just like, it's not going to be possible to taste anything else. And so, or are you doing your, your organic acid test? Like it's just, there are elements which will just knock you out. Plus you have to do those written things as, as well. So yeah, it's interestingly an involved process. One that had I known the level <laughs> of involvement going into it, I don't know that I, that I, and I actually tell people now, it's like when they say, now I want to be a Q grader. It's like, yeah, you really want to think about that one because it is not easy and it has a very high fail rate, very high fail rate. I remember when I was taking the, my cue that I called my wife after my first day. I said, so a couple things, one, hundred percent going to fail. And two, I should probably leave this industry. There is no place for me here in this at all. I mean, it was just, I was just crushed emotionally after the first day. Cause it was, it's just, it's very challenging. I do know in talking to other Q graders that this is a pretty shared experience that I had during that process, but yeah, it was rough. I, I did pass fortunately, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was something. To Not say the something least. you want to go through again. No, I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> I, there's, there's recertifications you have to do every three years, but it's, you don't have to retake the entirety, which is okay with me. That is incredible. You have to get recertified. Yeah, but it's more just to to calibrate to make sure that you're at your same abilities, right? I mean, because again, you're given the responsibility and you're you're given the ability to to grade specialty coffee. And if if I'm sitting down with people saying, "Well, this coffee is X," and they're saying, "Well, you're wrong," and we can objectively see why that's the case, then we need to be able to break that down. So, there's some level of subjectivity to grading, but most of it is is pretty black and white for lack of a better term. Another thing that you are in charge of, Paul, is the purchasing of Birch's green coffee. Mm -hmm. What does that mean and what has it involved for you? That is one of the best parts of what I do. I, I find such joy and feel privilege, such privilege in being able to do it because it allows me to go to countries of origins to work with producers and purchase coffee, which in my my very wildest of dreams, I, I would not have imagined that I would be able to do. And so you know, being able to travel and 
meet incredible individuals who have a much greater depth of knowledge and are able to help educate me on the practices of best farming and why these are best practices, it's second to none. So I take great pleasure in in that that part of my job, to say the least. I am sure I, I just recently, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, interviewed an American guy who got super interested in Nicaragua and in yeah, debt relief in school. Did you listen to yeah. it? Oh, and, yeah. And Absolutely. that, uh, you know, Green Mountain coffee growers mm-hmm. and just the huge depth of knowledge that these yeah. farmers have. Oh, because yes. it's been in their family for generations and oh. how much care and pride they yep. put into producing such high grade coffee. Yep. Absolutely. No, that was that was a great interview. And I think that what's coming from that, like in, in part to, to to speak to that interview was you're seeing this new social dynamic taking place, particularly that's happening, at least that I'm seeing within states and how, how we're purchasing coffee is that we're looking much further down the chain to know, you know where our dollars are having impact and having those kind of difficult conversations you know, within our industry because where coffee started, what people were getting paid is... It's borderline criminal what people were getting paid that there was such a, a lack of care to the, the pickers and the producers. And the fact that the sea market is, is what it is, it's, it's disheartening. And so we purchase coffee differently knowing where our dollars are, are being spent and where that impact is being felt the most in the most positive ways. And because of that, and because of you know, interactions like, like this, you know, getting the word out, the hope is that there will be this continuation of a conversation around this because the other interview we spoke about, it's like people should not be paying $2 for a cup of coffee. And in our story, you won't. <laughs> but you, know, you very much should be paying what you're paying for a, a glass of wine, a glass of whiskey. I mean, thinking it's, it should be in that same caliber because it requires such effort to produce this coffee. Yeah. By the way, I need to correct myself. It's Gold, Gold Mountain, Mountain Coffee Growers, yeah. not Green Mountain. I'm so I sorry about that. Because I, felt, I felt like I, was, I didn't want to be like correct and be like a, that, that kind oh, of guy. Oh, no, but, please, yeah. please. Yes. No, I, I realized it like within seconds of, of having said it. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.